Hello, Detroit. Welcome to the Hook Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Butler, with my co-host, Jeffrey Lowe. What's up, Jeff? What up, doe? What up, doe? We got the sayings. What up, doe? We got a new saying. Detroit, we are built for this. You know why? Because the Lions are rolling. I got they, my Lions hat on. They act, they're acting like a real team. I got my Detroit, we're built for this shirt on. Yes, I got yes. you one, Jeff. Thank you. You yes. know? And uh, we're here coming to you guys as usual from the Six Hole uh, Studio. And uh, we're looking out here on the golf course. There's nothing happening out there. Jeff saw a couple of guys out there playing golf. It's a cold day. And the golf season is pretty much over. But, uh, you know, everybody, some, every now and then somebody got to get that last round in before they put the clubs up. You know, and of course, uh, before we get our show going, we're going to do a quick toast to our favorite whiskey, Uncle Nearest. Uh, yes. We always have to keep him in mind. T- always. always. Tip up. Tip up. Here yep. we go. That's smooth. I had a shot. Jeff, of course, had a double shot, as he always <laughs> does. And uh, today we've got a, a, a really, you okay over there? <laughs> Jeff <laughs> kind of got Jeff there. I told you, one shot to do you, Jeff. But today we got, we got a really, really good oh guest for you. Uh, Jeff, a uh, friend of Jeff's, uh, and a uh, the son of uh, one of the uh, original spinners, Purvis Jackson. Purvis Jackson's <clears throat> yes. sons. Uh, make the introduction. Uh, into introduction, Jeff. Yes, uh, you can catch I, your I, breath. Excuse me. Woo. Do we need this? <laughs> no, we're. I'm good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, what are they proof? Damn. Well, I told Damn. you to slow it down, bro. Well, you said drink a shot. I just wanted to turn it up. Oh, okay. I think I've recovered. Okay. Let's uh, make the introduction uh, about oh, guest. Yes. Uh, Herb, I apologize. Uh, I'm sorry. Herb Briscoe is our guest, and he's the son of the uh, legendary famous spinner. Legendary spinner. The, one of the original spinners, Purvis Jackson. Herb Briscoe, graduate of uh, Mufford High School. Also, St. Martin de Pores. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, welcome. How you doing, Herb? (laughs) I'm doing all right. I have to clarify. I I didn't graduate from off. They just told me school closed, so I stopped showing up. (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. (laughs) School's out. (laughs) I'm done. School closed. Stop showing up. They think you waste too much people's time. We closed, dog. Don't, 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 we closed. Don't come back. Just don't That's show up. Huh? Thanks for clarifying that up. for our listeners. <laughs> right, so there right, you have right. it. He didn't graduate. He just quit showing up. <laughs> they, they called me saying, uh, Mr. Briscoe, school was closed. So just, you don't need to come no more. Closed. We, we, matter of fact, we moved the whole building. <laughs> It's not blue anymore either. It's not blue anymore either. So let's jump into it, y'all. Herb, tell, us, right, right. tell us a little bit about yourself, Herb. Let's get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into uh, some of the, the stories about your father and you growing up as a son of a famous singer. Well, I, see, I, I, I started off at St. Martin before. I was there for two years, two and a half years, actually. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, well, what precipitated me having to leave is that is when Felipe left. Right before Felipe left, the spinners 
kind of hit a slump, and um, Internal Revenue Service took a lump, like a lot of money from, from my dad's account. Wow. Of course, through the entertainment industry, it's pretty much on trust. Yeah. And you got to pay your taxes. A lot of them old school dudes like the hell with that. Just my money. Right. So, but it's all we, cash we kinda, too. But a lot of people it's don't. All it's all not, cash. Not not all of it. But a lot of it is. Yeah. But what it is is that they went through a slump, so we weren't able to pay the tuition. So Miss Hughes was like, unless you give me tuition, you can't come back. So from like April till June, I would come up there and run track. And go to the track meets and go to track back, but I didn't go to class. Mm. And I ended up transferring to Market that following summer. But um, the, the Spinners, it was it was interesting because he's not my he's not my biological father. He he married my mother when I was like five. That's he, the only father. That's the only father that I know. Well, I was about to say he out. he raised you so for the most part. He raised me, right? You know, anybody right. can anybody and can make a child, but it takes a, a man to raise a child. So to raise a child, exactly. And they were with Mo, you know they were originally they were originally with Motown, right? So as a kid, yeah, I would right. go with them to Mot to the Motown review. They used to have a Motown view at the Fox every every Saturday, and I would go down there and be backstage, run around, and Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, you know. I, all the people, they were just people to me because I was a kid. I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, Marvin Gaye, would come, Marvin Gaye would come by the house and play pool with my dad. And Donnie Simpson would come by and sit in the back. You know, just, um, so they were Motown. And Motown kind of treated them as um, a second-class act, so to speak. Right. They, mm-hmm. Motown was, was pouring more of their resources into the, the temptation, the sport, the four tops. Supreme. Diana Ross, Supreme, the Miracles, those groups. Uh-huh. And um, the Spinners were doing stuff like working the loading dock. Like it's a story that when they first came, when the Jacksons first oh, came hold, to hold, Detroit. Let, hold, hold on, Herb. Back, back up one second. You said the Spinners were working the loading dock. They were doing like loading dock. Um, Henry worked in the spa room and my dad and Bobby worked in the lo- loading dock and Bobby was 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 a driver. The, mm. the famous one of the famous stories is when the, when the Jacksons first when the Jackson Five first came to Detroit to meet with Motown. My dad and Bobby was the ones that drove the two station wagons to the airport to pick them up and bring them back to bring them back to Motown. Well, you know Motown was notorious and, for using the the but, not so popular acts as, you know, handyman, secretaries, and all that kind of junk. Okay, so, yeah, right, right. I never knew that. That's a, that's yeah, a great tip. Right. They ain't known right. for that, man. So, Gordy was a mess. So, what, so their, their first hit, they, they, they their first hit with Motown was It's a Shame. It was written by CB1, which was around like 71, no, like 68, 69. I remember that, that was song. Their first, that was their first hit. TV Wonder wrote that song and the Spinners recorded it and uh, it sat on the shelf for it sat on the shelf for like six years before wow. they even released it. Really? And well, it became how, one of their biggest how, hits. How did that go? It's a shame. The way you're messing around with me. Yeah. It, nobody wants to hear that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. If I, yeah. if I, let me tell you something. Yeah. If if I start singing, my dad gonna come climb out the, the mausoleum at Woodline <laughs> and slap the face out of my mouth. <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not singing. You're not gonna hear me singing. Singing wasn't oh, yeah. one of your forte. It wasn't your forte. Uh-huh. Huh? No, it wasn't my forte. I, I, I love that song, though. <laughs> it's a shame. Wait a minute. If I, if, 
if I knew if I knew then what I know now, what singing can do, I might have I might have been in some singing class. <laughs> <laughs> like that old Eddie Murphy joke is women love singing. Right. They don't care how you look. Because right. Mick Jagger is an ugly motherfucker. He sure is. <laughs> but he can really, sing, right, you know. Right, right. Like Phil, dog Phil get more kitty cat than anybody. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. Dude, it is what it is. Yeah. And so, um, they, they were multi, and then when, what, what happened was when that contract ran out, Aretha talked them into Aretha talked them into meeting with Atlantic and talked to Atlantic people in the meeting with Spinner. Uh-huh. Okay, let me um, let me cut in right quick and make a quick note. Uh, for those of you listening, we've got two uh, relatives of singers. Uh, Herb was. A, a son of uh, Purvis of the uh, 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 Spinners, and Jeff Lowe is the cousin of the late great Aretha Franklin. Go ahead, Herb. yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So Aretha talked him into um, going to going to Atlantic. So they signed with Atlantic, and they met Tom Bell, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we ask ourselves, would they have had the success that they had? If they would have stayed with Motown, because Barry Gordy even said in one of his books, his biggest regret was that he didn't spend more time and put more effort into the spinners. Yeah. Oh, but what they have, but what they have, with the what the Motown sound has fit them the way Tom Bell and the Philly sound fit them. Yeah. Motown was yeah. pretty much cut and dry, the, the same type of sound for each group. Mm-hmm. But when they went to Atlantic, they were able to get into a different sound. And that's what appealed to a lot of people was it, it was a different sound and it, and it catered to their style of singing. And see, I didn't know so, that they started with Motown. I always thought they were, you know, a lot of records. Yeah, but, I never had. I, no, I never they, they, they were with Motown, and then when their contract ran out, and so what happened? They had a lead singer named GC Cameron. Hmm. Okay. He couldn't leave because he still had a contract with Motown because he was dating Barry Gordy's sister, but he still had what? a contract. What? So yeah, what, what was GC his name was again? GC Cameron. He's GC the one that Cameron. sang lead okay. on "It's a Shame." Yeah. Oh. So when he okay. when they left, um, they um, GC said, "Well, why don't you check out my cousin?" A lot of people don't know that sometimes the spinners were seeing were seeing backup for Boosie Collins, and he was young, and Boosie would their first band. Boosie was their bass player and things like that. So hmm. what happened was GC said, oh, like my cousin is from Toledo or from Ohio, give him a try. And that's where Felipe came in. I remember um, we used to live in Highland Park on Cortland before they started, before they got <clears throat> started success. And I remember sitting on the porch when Felipe came down to go to the, to go to the, to go to the, um, <clears throat> um, Interview or, or or tryout, so to speak. Yeah, he came over our house. Yeah. He was to the audition. Yeah, he was sitting uh-huh. on the porch waiting for my dad to come out of the house. And I was sitting there because I was one of the friendly kids. I talked to everybody. So I was sitting there, <laughs> remember talking to him mm-hmm. as a kid. So, uh, so then once Felipe joined the group, that's when they, that's when they had their success. Okay. So, so, so Felipe um, brought a whole different kind of energy to the group. A whole different kind of energy. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But what happened was. He wanted them to change the name to 
Felipe Wynn yeah, featuring that. Spinners. Oh, and they yeah. weren't gonna do that. Yeah, I remember that. So that's what that's what that's what precipitated Felipe trying to go solo because what it was, Felipe started to think that he was bigger than the group. Yeah. Okay. Now is that he, is that part of one of the reasons that he jumped over to the Parliament Funkadelic? Well, he didn't jump to Parliament Funkadelic. He just did a tune with them. Okay. Know. He, he, like he became that, a, a, and that, a group. No, he, okay. he, he, what it was, he did that tune, and that tune became an anthem. Uh, you know, okay. everybody know when the first three, dun, 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 it was just, it was over. It was a rap. Mm -hmm. So when that song came out, um, he started touring with, he, he because his his, his his solo career was pretty much a flop, so right. to speak. Uh -huh. It was pretty much a flop. And even, um, they did a reunion tour, and he when I was working with him, they did a reunion tour. If you remember around um, 84, 83, something like that, 82, 83, they did a reunion tour, uh -huh. and Felipe joined them on stage for a lot of songs. And I remember in the dressing room in San Francisco, they, they, they were sitting there, and he told them, he said, man, you know what, that's the biggest mistake I made was leaving you guys. Of course it was. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he, thought, he thought he was bigger than the group, and then the group thought they could sustain without him. Of course, John Edwards was a beast, but John Edwards wasn't Felipe. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's it's it, um, it was it was interesting. And like I say, I, I you know, we <clears throat> as as far as growing up, it, it was you know, I, I have the pleasure of being able to remember everybody sitting around the TV on Friday. This is the first that this. Oh, the spinner's about to be on Midnight Special. Mm -hmm. They were like on Midnight Special. They was on Rock Concert. They was on Soul Train. So it, it was always cool because when I go to school the, the next day or that next week, people, I saw your dad on TV and that's your dad, this and that. <laughs> you know, and I used to... Um, you used to eat it up. <laughs> I used to eat it. But Jeff, you know how I used to... I used to I used to come to school in Swedish knits and, and, and Nick Nick shirts and stuff. And, and I, would, I would sit, Nick Nick shirts. Uh, Nick Nick shirts. Right, Ball right, collars. Ball right. collars, right. And I would, steal, I would steal my dad glass heels and put them in my gym bag. With the fish in them. My, no fish they didn't have them. fish, no fish in them. Man. Man, not them kind, dog. No. Uh, but I would um I was work I was I was the only doing in ninth grade walking around the forest with glass heels on. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I would wear I I would keep it in my gym bag because if you wore them, I knew I was gonna go home in my socks because the Linwood right. players was gonna take my shoes. Oh. That's just <laughs> not only the Linwood players, Sister Joanne, you're out of dress code, Mister Briscoe. Right, right. Big Mo and Little Mo. Right, 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 right. Big Mo and Little Mo. That's right. <laughs> Right, so, um, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, one particular, every, every summer, the spinners did um, Pine Knob for two nights. Uh -huh. And and we had a thing at our house where whenever a group came to the city that, that my dad and them knew that they were cool with, we would have a little party right here on Oakland at my mom's house on Oakland. Mm. They would have a little, always have a get together. We, we've had, they had a get together for Hugh Master Kayla, um, wow. Roy Ayer, Dale, Stacey Lattisaw. We had Sister Sledge over, you know. Uh -huh. But one particular time, they were doing a show with the Silvers. 
Because ain't nobody remember the silver. They yeah. were like the knockoff jackets. Yeah, the bootleg Jackson 5. Yeah. Yeah. Bootleg Jackson, right. So, poor, look, poor every, man's Jackson 5. Right. So if you I'm knew sorry, my man. house. I'm sorry. If you knew our house, um, every day after school, that's where the guys were coming. We were, we were hooping the backyard. My backyard was the backyard hooping spot. Mm-hmm. So this particular day, um, they came over, and I was like, I can't, I'm not playing today. And I had on a little shirt or slacks or something. And they was like, well, what's going on? I said, well, I got something going on. I, I can't really play today. And they kind of saw the decorations in the backyard. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, oh, nothing, nothing. So they left. And one of the guys was, it was a Dairy Queen right here on Fullerton Ewall Circle. Yep. I remember and one, that. Of, one of the guys was walking to the Dairy Queen and saw the two the, the two limousines pull up. And he saw the Silvers get out the limousine. So he went and told everybody on Oakman, on Monica, <laughs> on Santa Rosa, on Stopo, all in the neighborhood, it just the word got out uh-huh. that the Silvers it's over on Oakland. So it was probably like close to, I want to say like 2,000 people in front of our house. I can oh, believe it. Man. I can believe it. So did Watching they end up putting on a show? Did they perform? No, they was white. We was in the, I, you know me, I'm in the backyard <laughs> hooping. We I, we playing ball. Me and the Silvers. I'm playing ball with all the Silvers. Oh. All the Silvers we in the backyard playing basketball. Okay. And, and they, they watching us play ball. So then every time I go to Dairy Queen, they be like, that's the Silvers we was playing with the Silvers. <laughs> uh, hey, could they hoop, though? Could, could they hoop? They hoop a little bit, dog. You know. <laughs> yeah, they can hoop, you know. They, they and could. I probably made them 69. Oh, they oh. weren't. They weren't like. They weren't like. <laughs> well, he said the Afros made him six nine. Oh, <laughs> oh. shit! Everybody had those six nine Afros back in the day, right? Yeah, we yeah we all did. Then we had platform shoes. Yeah. <laughs> platform shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. But hey, was it wasn't like the Swedish it, it, it wasn't like handle. Dave Chappelle, was it Prince and Jay? <laughs> <laughs> and there wasn't no much, game like that. Pretty huh? much, <laughs> pretty much you just back there hooping, man. So there they, was so many people out here. They didn't school you in your backyard, did they? <laughs> nah, you know I ain't gonna let that happen. Okay, okay. <laughs> I kick. I'll make a mistake and need you somewhere you ain't supposed to be needed. <laughs> trying to school me, dog. And I was like, "That's dude to kick Foster Silver's in the nuts." <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah, outstanding stuff, man. <laughs> Tell us some more about uh, the, the the spinners' relationship uh, with this, with 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 with. with I, I lost track uh, what I was getting ready to say. Oh man, I had a good question for you. It was laughing too hard. It yeah, I'm laughing to too hard. <laughs> We're having too much fun. Well, while Jeff is thinking about, it, tell tell us what it was like growing up. I mean, I yeah. mean, yeah. what are some of the 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 most funnest stories? And, and give us a a, a sad story. You well, know, things that when things didn't go. As, well, as well, planned, well, so. well, 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 the the, the, the funny story was my dad was like a regular dude, so he would just go places. So I'd be with him all the time. He just go places, and people would recognize him. Uh-huh. So we was at Northland one day, and this guy was like, Perfect Jackson. Oh, my gosh, Perfect Jackson. And he kept saying, 
Come on, man. Say for say twelve forty five for me one time. <laughs> say twelve forty five for me one time. <laughs> my dad looked at us and said, "My dad looked at us and said, nah, nah, you know I get paid to do that. So why, would I say that? why would I say that to you for free?" <laughs> <laughs> did, they, did the guy reach in his pocket? <laughs> no. It's another story where uh, my dad was a jokester, so they're on the flight. And this when I worked with him, they're on the flight. And Henry Fambo, the only last remaining member that's still alive, mm-hmm. I think John is still alive, but the only original member still alive is Henry Fambo, uh-huh. who's recently retired. But his wife resembled Gladys Knight. Mm. So we were there on the flight, and we were sitting there, and the lady came in. The lady came on the flight, and she was like, "Oh my God!" She saw this the black group or whatever. So mm. she, "Oh my God, it's Gladys Knight! Oh my God, can I have your autograph? Oh my God, I'm so glad to meet you!" <laughs> and, 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 Nor- and her name is Norma. She kept saying, "Well, honey, I'm not Gladys Knight." And the lady was like, "You look just like her! Oh my God, please can I have your autograph? I know you have to play it off, but..." And the lady and Norma was like, "No, honey, I'm not Gladys Knight." <laughs> And my dad leaned over and said, oh, Gladys, don't do the lady like this. Just give me the autograph. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I think one of, the saddest, one of the saddest things was they had a, um, <clears throat> and this was one of, the, one of the things that precipitated me leaving the, the tourists. So it was maybe a little later. They had a, a valet called Big Man, and that's who I replaced. Mm. And the valet, the, the, you know, of course, the job of the valet was to make sure the uniforms are presented, uh-huh. make sure when you get to it, the city, the uniforms are there and the dress room is set up, makeup laid out, all of the things that for them to get on stage successfully was prepared. And then for when they're done, make sure everything gets back to the city, gets clean, gets categorized. And that was my job at 19. So at the age of 19, I had a I had a, a major responsibility. Yeah. yeah. But, but what that did, that taught me how you have to get up and go to work. You were responsible. It taught me a sense of responsibility. I don't think I could have got working at McDonald's or working at mm-hmm. at, at White Castle. Yeah. So um, that was my job. I was, I was the valet. But they had a valet prior to me. His name was Big Man, <clears throat> and they were in Vegas. They did a two weeks the two week stretch in Vegas. And at the end of the two weeks, after the last night, he just disappeared in the thin air. All what? the money, everything, what? he just disappeared. All just the money? Nobody, everything. He was, he was the valet and he was acting role manager also. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. So he just disappeared. And you, you and um, Tulum's to tell you about it. So you know Tulum's, everybody know Fred Adams. Tulum. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. So, um. He um, disappeared, so they had had a rough patch going through there. So Damn. they were going to Toronto, so and my wait. dad was the person. So wait, he took two weeks' worth of money. Two weeks' worth of money disappeared. Damn. Cash. <laughs> they had money. to call it all cash money or cash. whatever the receipt. Yes. And then after a few years down the line, the rumor was that he had lost it gambling, uh-huh. but they never because. It was a good thing he never surfaced after that because they probably would that something would have happened egregiously. Let's put it that way. Well, depending uh-huh. on depending on why he took the money, he might have taken the money because he had gambling debts and 
the reason he hasn't resurfaced yeah. is because something egregious happened to him. He might be in the in the, in the Las Vegas desert somewhere. No, it, <laughs> no, no, right? no, I heard I heard that he 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 was somewhere around. They never confined him. I heard that a few years after the fact, somebody did talk to him mm-hmm. or something, but I don't know. This pod- but, um, podcast <laughs> might bring him uh, might bring him back to surface. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't want to be found then. He don't want to be found now. He don't want to be found now. Right, exactly. His name, his name might be his name might be known today's society. His name might be Barber by now. You like that's a big ass woman. You know the way. Listen, listen. The way people are swapping swapping sexes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You might be like. <laughs> All right, right. Oh man, you said, you said Fred. Fred Adams. He was on the road. Yeah, with Fred was, was this, Yeah, he was on the road. Oh, did okay. I just see this chick dunk on somebody. What's <laughs> <Hey>, going on? Right. <laughs> oh man, that's but, hilarious. So, so, so I man, being just, it. just go ahead. Go ahead. So I said I had just graduated from Mumford, and um, I was getting. Ready to, I had some school that because I didn't graduate because all my credits were so messed up, so I had to take a GED. Mm-hmm. So between between that time, I had a couple schools that still wanted me to come run track. It was Morehead State in Kentucky, uh-huh. um, Morgan State. Um, there's a couple other um, black colleges, but during that time between me going back. School, the spinners were going to Toronto, and my dad was like, "Look, um, we drive. We going to Toronto. We got a gig in Toronto. I want you to. Can you just ride up there with me to help me out, to help us out?" I'm like, "Bet that's fine with me. I wasn't doing nothing. I rode up there and helped them out. I did such a good job. They offered me a job the next next day. Uh-huh. They said, well, you can go on the road and be our valet. Mm-hmm. I'm 19, and my salary was I'm 19 years old." My salary was one nighters was one hundred fifty dollars a night. A night, That's and this, this was this was in nineteen eighty. Yeah, so <laughs> that wasn't bad. So that wasn't bad, and I'm nineteen. Right. So one nighters was one hundred fifty dollars a night. After three nights, it became a week, and I got like five hundred a week. Right, and that was no taxes under the table, cash, whatever. The, all the travel, all the, the hotel rooms, all that stuff was. Was always paid for. And since I was the valet, nine times out of ten, I always got a room by myself because I had to keep the uniforms in there. And we did. We we always would do hotel gigs. We was at a hotel for two weeks, uh, so the suite, the, the dressing room would be a suite. Right. So I would have a suite. Yeah. So um, that's where I started with them. And then it was like, you mean to tell me? <laughs> I'm 20, I'm 19 years old, and I I ain't I can just get some. I ain't gotta take you to Burger King. I ain't gotta sit in your basement with you and watch the scene for two hours. I mean, I could just <laughs> just get some on this trip and just who on what? But yeah, I was young and wild. I don't think I had one moral. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, you so got that kind of money in your pocket at that age. You, you know, you hanging out with singers, man. You're gonna right. have a ball. And right. it's all right. cash. They ain't giving yeah. you no check. They I give mean, you right. cash. I don't know. I don't know what right. youngster right. wouldn't have done the same thing. I'd have probably been. Exactly. I probably hey. wouldn't be here by now. You know, at this point, right. you know. Yeah. But by the grace of God, I went. I went through mm-hmm. the. I went through the um, 
the drug abuse phase where I, I but see, I always smoked weed. That's, mm. I was always, I smoked weed, but of course, on the road, being young and adventuresome, and you think you're gonna live forever. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I did the. This is my a testimony. I did the, the cocaine on this stuff. Then I did go through. This is way after the fact. I did go through a, a crack addiction, which mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to say because it if it, it was a crack addiction, and not is a crack addiction. Yeah, I mm-hmm. went through that, and there's a lot of people that have. That are not around and still continue to talk about. It. Well, congratulations! Right. Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, thank I you. never knew that. Yeah. Never knew that. Right. So we, yeah. we, so so we, we 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 it's some funny times. The funny. Well, I think my funniest stories was like I say when they were. My job was to make sure they had everything for the stage. So during the song, the Rubber Band Man, they would stretch the rubber bands and dance at the end of the song. Uh-huh. So I would always go to Joanne Fabrics and get a spool. <laughs> And, and sew them up, and and so one Saturday, I was going to what I was doing, hanging out, BSing around, and I look up, and it's nine thirty, and Northland is closed, and it was a Saturday evening. We were leaving the next morning to go to Atlanta, so a lot of times I was like, okay, I just find something there, or maybe go to a mall there. I got to Atlanta, not knowing down south, every at that time. Everything was closed on a Sunday. Yeah. So back in the day, Bible stuff wasn't open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bible Bible belt. Belt. That's right. So I had a friend of mine from high school that lived down there. Uh-huh. So we was on the on the rapid transit going everywhere. So come showtime, I didn't have no rubber bands. And so I got fined. I got in so much trouble for that because I didn't have a rubber band oh, or the rubber yeah. band man. You know? And another one, another funny story was um, the, 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 um, John Edwards was the lead singer and every song every show after the first song whatever tie he had he would take it off he'd go off for the introduction the first song sing the first song and he would take his tie off uh-huh. so they had these they had these real big black bow ties yeah I Something happened, and I lost. I lost one of the bow ties. <laughs> we, we were in Dallas, and I couldn't. I could not find his bow tie nowhere. And I think one of the maids man took it because the maids will take some as a trinket or a souvenir, <laughs> or whatever. But right. I thought I think one of the maids took it. So when we got back to Detroit. I couldn't find a bow tie that size. It was these distinctive special made bow ties. Right. So they had these. They had these old old purple bow ties from a. So I, I got the purple bow tie and used the old red dye and dyed it black. Mm. <laughs> so I had I had five bow ties. Herb. You were thinking yeah, you yeah. were <laughs> right. So, but what I did was <clears throat> the black bow the, the the bow tie that was dyed. I always gave it to John. Okay. I always knew this is John's tie mm-hmm. because John's mm-hmm. going to take this tie off after one song. Mm-hmm. And if you lost it, it wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So what happened was I, I twisted my ankle playing ball, <laughs> and they went to Pittsburgh. So I couldn't go the first two shows. I had to go like two days later. Uh-huh. I had to fly in two days later. So <laughs> the, we get there, and they had these uniforms, these with these, these, these gold gold suits. Yeah, remember those? They were wearing these gold jackets with black pants. They would wear gold 
suit, satin shirts with the black bow tie. Mm-hmm. So my man had to get them dressed. So he just gave everybody bow ties. <laughs> he gave Bobby John's bow tie. And Bobby was one of them guys that sweat standing still. <laughs> he, was a, a, he was a notorious sweater. So when I got there, oh, they looked at me. They just looked at me and shook their head and started laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? They, they said, perfect, show him. Show him, perfect. And he, he got Bobby's shirt. And Bobby's shirt just had black dye running down the whole, <laughs> the whole shirt because he had sweated the bow tie. And, and, and um, they said, we see why you always make sure John got that tie first. Because I, I knew that that was the tie that that, that tie would come off right. before then. Yeah. Then one time we um, they, they were at a hotel and the bar was on the whole other side of the hotel. You had to walk down the hall, go down another hall, go down the elevator to the first floor, then go down another hall to the ballroom. John split his pants on the first song. <laughs> so I was on the way back to the room, uh, and with me, it was like, okay, they they got this first song. I got X minus my time, so I might have stopped in my room and smoked a joint or something, uh, and and then go and go get the dressing room ready for them to get off stage or if they had a second show. So they call in and call in. So I finally ended up had to get a, get another black pair of pants and, and run them to the stage and stuff for him to come back stage and change. So, hey. you know, it's, it, you know. Yeah, um, I, I, hey, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> hey, Herb, hey, I tell you, I, it's been a pleasure. We're going to have to wrap it up right now. And I want okay. to, let me toast to the spinners and you. Toast to Uncle Nearest and to the uh, Trudy Charter uh, brand and the Hook Podcast. My name is Jeff Lowe. I'm Keith Butler. And don't forget, Detroit, we are built for this. And if you're on, you know, tell your people you've heard it on the Hook, we'd like to thank our guest, uh, uh, Mr. Herb Briscoe. Briscoe. Uh, thanks a lot, Herb. And thank you all for listening. All right. And, uh, thanks for having me. It, it, it was a blast, man. We're gonna we're gonna get you back on, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, from Do my that. from my go co-host Jeffrey Lowe, I'm Keith Butler, and uh, we're from the Hook. We hope you enjoyed this show, and we enjoyed bringing it to you. Everybody have a good day. Peace. <laughs>